Hello and welcome to The Actor's Voice. This is the podcast for all things concerning acting voice, specifically speaking voice. I am Dr. Mariana Rubino. I'm a speech-language pathologist, a classically trained actress, and I have my PhD in communication sciences and disorders with a focus in voice. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Actor's Voice. Uh, My name is Dr. Rubino, Dr. Mariana Rubino, (laughs) and I am a licensed and certified speech-language pathologist in Texas and Delaware. I have a Master of Fine Arts degree in acting uh, with experience in Shakespeare, contemporary musical, improv comedy, and sketch comedy. Additionally, I have uh, years of singing experience in choirs and uh, individual instruction. So the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because I'm fascinated by acting voice. Uh, not just coaching it, but talking with people about how they use their voices, uh, the things that help them, the things that maybe are troublesome. Um, so today, <laughs> my very first uh, guest is Samantha Patricas. So she was born and raised in McKinney, Texas, and has been involved in theater for most of her life. She's a graduate of Booker T. Washington High School for the Performing and Visual Arts in Dallas, Texas, and the University of Tulsa, where she received her BA in theater with an emphasis in acting and directing. Upon graduation, Samantha spent 13 months as an acting apprentice at the Purple Rose Theater Company, founded by Jeff Daniels in Chelsea, Michigan. Upon completion, Samantha moved back to Texas, where she has since been seen on stage and film in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Samantha is signed with the Kim Dawson Talent Agency. She is currently pursuing her MFA in acting at the University of Houston. Samantha is an actor, mover, and maker, enthusiastic about creating meaningful art. Welcome, Samantha. (laughs) Hello. I'm so honored to be here. Oh, my goodness. So um, Samantha is a newer friend of mine, I would say. So I know some things about you, but I don't know everything, obviously. So, um, yes. So that's why I thought it would be interesting um, to have you on. So looking at your, your bio here. So it looks like you've got you've got film and you've got stage experience both. Um, I know you're also a voiceover artist. Is that correct? Yes, I have done some voiceover as well. Mm-hmm. And what what have you done voiceovers for? Um, my last voiceover job was for AT and T. Um, when you call and you are having trouble with your internet connection or your, I think it's your cable in the South, you'll speak to Andy, which is me. 
Yeah. So that was my last big job. Other than that, it's just been like short bits here and there, one-offs and auditions and, you know, lots of recording personally for audiobooks or um, just certain things. And so, yeah, it's, it's fun. Just a lot of voice stuff. A lot of voice stuff. I love it. And I also didn't mention this on there, but I sing as well. Um, I've done musicals, musical theater. I w- would call myself an actor who can sing, who sings, mm-hmm. not, not a singer by any means. Sure, sure, sure. And so what kind of parts um, have you played in musical musical theater? Oh, yeah, in my heyday, I was Columbia in the Rocky Horror Show. Um, when I was very young, I did like Ruth and Pirates of Penzance, a junior version of that. Um more like comedic roles um uh, with less strenuous singing um i've been in les mis i've i'm i can sing in a choir and i can belt it out but i'm by no means an mt musical theater girl <laughs> sure 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 yeah and you know go, go you know full disclosure uh, samantha and i have uh had multiple uh conversations about voice mm-hmm. um uh you know, specifically about both um, speaking and singing voice. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, you really seem to kind of run the gamut as far as, um, you know, voice stuff goes, because I think people tend to think about, you know, are you, do you do spoken, uh, you know, just kind of straight or what they call legit theater, or do you do, you know, musical comedy, excuse me, or or just musicals. So, you know, I I think it's really great that you have experience on kind of, you know, both sides of that continuum Mm -hmm. or what have you. And then plus you've got the film on camera stuff, and then you've got the voiceover stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very different styles, all of them, I would say, different ways you use your voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you kind of in your kind of own concept or the way you think about it, how how would you say that you differ your use among those different environments? Uh, I would say a lot of it for me comes down to, uh, I don't know if this is like a no-no to say given mm-hmm. our year in school, but breadth and support in regards to the venue that you're using your instrument. Um, definitely very different for outdoor theater, even indoor theater. Um, than being in a voiceover booth, right? Because your audience is five inches from your face when you're in the booth and when you're on stage, they're 50 feet away. So really different use in how you're accessing that breath and where you're placing the voice in your mouth, in your instrument. I'm not as super educated obviously as you Dr. Rubino but um something that I've I've just noticed in regards to taking going from stage to film and even voiceover is how you know for voiceover and film how little is is really needed sometimes in terms of um I don't want to say loudness but how much how much you need to work to be heard whereas in theater it's always it's such such a big thing you have to work to be heard you have to work to be understood whereas you know with film and voiceover it's more about the quality of the voice since it's so intimate I don't know if that kind of answers the question 
Yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, one thing that you kind of mentioned or that happened is that you were kind of nervous about using the wrong word, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't care about that. And I don't think anybody should, because I think we should just feel more free to explain our experience without getting, you know, pounded on the head about, oh, that's the wrong word or, you know, because I think, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) even among voice people or people who read about voice or think about voice a ton, you know, we'll all disagree about what the quote unquote right word is anyway. So I, I get exactly what, exactly what you're saying when you say it. Um, yeah, and that's kind of actually I was thinking about, you know, full disclosure again, ah, Samantha and I um, are trained by some of the same people. So I went to the same um, uh, MFA program that she did. And one of our teachers speaks about aperture. I don't know if he still does. But um, so when you're in the theater, you think about a big old giant aperture and you're really playing for I mean, like you said, 50 feet away, but also like 50 feet wide. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure you can hear my, the volume of my voice even increasing as I'm imagining this aperture. And yeah. then, you know, when you're on camera, it's more, and I'm, I'm looking right at my computer and it's, that's exactly the aperture that I'm aiming for. And then, yeah, I mean, gosh, when you got that mic, don't you want to just kind of do some oh. ASMR into it? Major. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's cool. So I wanted to ask you in addition, well, why don't you tell us about the, um, our MFA program, because probably not, maybe not everyone knows what it is, but um, yeah, like, because I mean, I, and I didn't even know that you went to a uh, high school for the performing arts. So you've been, yeah. you've been, you know, doing exercise and training for uh, a, a while. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious about um kind of the techniques or maybe approaches that you experienced in your high school to college to now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, or well, I was very lucky in my high school. We had, uh, because it was performing arts, we only did, we did theater and then we did academics. So we didn't have all of these other electives that we had to take. So we did a voice class and we did a speech class as well. And that's where I first learned, first learned IPA and link later was in high school, kind of that deep breath, full body connection to the voice. Um, and was more link later trained in college. Didn't really get like a full link later, um, teaching was more mixed with a little Alexander technique as well. And, um, didn't ironically didn't work on IPA in college at all in undergrad. Um, but since I've come to receive my MFA or working on it, and um, we take a speech and a voice class or a dialects course as well. Um, both of them focusing on voice, but in different ways. Um, one being, you know, how you use your voice, your instrument, what's going on in there. And then another starts with that as well, which I really enjoy about the program is they start at the very base of what's actually going on inside your mouth and what's it connected to. Um, And then from there, jumping into sound making and down the line dialects. So we, um, so really focusing on learning every aspect of your instrument and 
the correct terminology when trying to identify how something is being made in your mouth and how to um, how to use it to your advantage in in acting. So that's really what we kind of I don't know if you would feel the same. Who I don't know who taught your speech and voice when you were going through it. Oh, one person. <laughs> Was it Jen? Yeah, 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 yeah. We shared. Bob. Yeah, we shared. <laughs> A professor that does that and then we had an we have another one now a female named molly wetzel who's fantastic so it's nice to see um two different perspectives in mm -hmm. a female and a male vocal voice instructor um yeah. and very helpful for us yeah and that's actually something that i wanted to, to follow up on um but first i want to say something so i think in speech class where, and I, I haven't trained with uh, Molly, mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I've taken other trainings for uh, speech type trainings. And in those, they talk about an idiolect. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, the dialect that is special to you. Um, so I speak the way I do because of where I'm from, because of my parents, yada, yada. Um, and also, you know, to some extent my my anatomy versus your anatomy where you're from yada yada but I think we could also think about a, maybe an idiophonation or the way we use our voice is um impacted by the same thing by where we're from um you know who our parents are our anatomy our physiology um and I think that maybe that isn't quite as pinpointed maybe in training that um that you do come to the trainer or whatever because of what previous training I said you've had link later so when you know Jim does link later you're probably like oh, okay we're doing this thing like mm -hmm. I, I know what we're doing yes um so like I think that's less maybe made apparent or um specified that folks are coming to training with their you know on own way of using their their voices mm -hmm. um and um, another thing I want to say is I kind of want to break down, and I know there is a difference <laughs> between yeah. voice and speech training. <laughs> However, sorry, everybody, but you use the same structures to do both. And I'm sure you found when you do a British accent that you might start using maybe a higher pitch. You might mm. use a wider pitch range, blah, blah, blah. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. So, yeah. So um, I think, you know, it's more of a, again, another continuum rather than um, I keep thinking, I can't keep thinking dichotomy. Oh, yeah. big word. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to you specifically, though, too, about, um, you know, your experience working with uh, a, a man and a woman mm -hmm. and how you feel it impacts you. Um, yeah. Yeah, great question. I think it's necessary to have both. Um, both of them excel in their teachings, and but it's nice to be able to have a female voice to mirror primarily when learning about vocal range and registers and accessing different levels of your voice safely. Um, and being able to, because I, I learn a lot from, um, I'm like an auditory learner a lot of the time. So it's easy. I, it's so helpful for me to hear a sound um, and 
as much as I love my male professor, sometimes it's, I need to be able to mimic it or to hear it and then do it myself and feel it. Um, and when we're in different ranges, it's just different instruments altogether. It's, it was, it's trickier. Um, I will say it's helped me learn more and identify it in different ways, but, um, I would, yeah, I would say it's, it's helpful and, um, challenging. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And actually that's, um, you know, one of the conversations that you and I had during the semester, um, you did ask me to, to model a couple of things, um, that you were learning and I want to get to that, but before I do, <laughs> Yay. um, I would love to know what is the note you always get for your voice? Ooh, um, <laughs> great. I, I am a vocal fry <laughs> millennial. Um, I will tend to speak in the back of my throat conversationally and sometimes on stage it comes out as well. And I hate, I don't enjoy it. Um, I, but I'll just never forget when my college professor and undergrad sent me down and was like, you talk like a Kardashian in the back of your throat and you don't know how destructive that is for your voice. And I was like, I didn't even know I was doing it. I truly didn't know I was going all the way back there, especially on stage. And just remember hearing that note over and over again. And I was like, okay, when I get to my MFA, I'm never going to do it. And then, you know, you're like talking in class and you're like, it just drifts back there. It's like just so natural. And then you get up on stage and it's like, well, of course, you know, it's going to pop out. But I mean, something I'm sure you'll talk about is we were taught this year that focal fry isn't necessarily bad. Um, and more common than not, people are using it. But I just was questioned when we get there is how bad to use it on a on a stage you know when you're trying to fill a house or trying to reach I don't find that it's helpful for me but there are times when I truly don't even know I'm doing it so um I would imagine it wouldn't be good to use when trying to fill a space I don't know yeah and no you I mean you kind of hit on a huge again kind of controversy controversies in uh in uh kind of the the voice voice world um where i think you know i think maybe not currently but maybe maybe five years ago people were really becoming aware of how frequently especially young women use the vocal fry and you know there were podcasts or tv shows or episodes of radio programs about it and kind of people were kind of ragging on it and then i would say there was something of a backlash too because people noticed that primarily people were ragging on young women mm -hmm. um and so it was became kind of an issue where we don't want to silence the voices of women so again it's kind of it kind of goes back to that you know nothing's wrong yeah. It's not wrong. It's not bad, but is it what you want to use? Mm -hmm. And I think it's good for you because, uh, and you use, you use the word natural. I would say it's more habitual. Yeah. So, Definitely. but it's, it's good that you're, um, 
picking up on those habits because yeah I mean truly once something becomes so habitual and and I'll tell you too our voices and our speeching speeching you know what I mean Mm -hmm. speaking patterns um are one of those kind of super duper ingrained uh, muscle programs, kind of like tying your shoes, brushing your teeth. You don't really pay attention all the time to how you're using the voice or how you're brushing your teeth or how you're tying your shoe. Um, so that's why it's, it's. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to, to be aware of those habits. And then sometimes even harder to change them just, you know, because of the brain. Mm-hmm. Your brains um, are <laughs> just so used to guiding your muscles in those in those manners. Um, so you, it, yeah. So I congratulate you on your awareness of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the fry. I mean, if you listen to, especially because you're a voice actor, if you listen to radio programs or um, you know commercials, fry is a very marketable voice quality. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I would certainly say that it's it's a usable quality for your voiceover stuff, for your commercial stuff, for your TV stuff, for your movie stuff. Yeah. Um, the question does, I mean, I, you make a good point about stage, however, um, because, you know, kind of the way people think that Fry is produced is that it's a low subglottal pressure, which mm. kind of means you're not, you're not using, like you talked about breath support. Mm-hmm. You're basically, you're not using as much air to make the sound as you would be when you're not doing Fry. Mm. And using more air is a way how that we become louder. Yeah. So that's why I think maybe Fry and projection might not be compatible Mm. because you might actually end up using more vocal cord um, compression which can be harmful for the voice in order to achieve that loudness wow that makes a lot of sense so when coming out of vocal fry and using that Mm -hmm. oh this is going to be a dumb question but um, using that breath support is Mm -hmm. there something like a different sort of placement that is going on in the mouth to move it out of that vocal fry into so it's more I guess is forward the term um that's what I'm thinking in my brain when I am going like from this to this you know more Mm -hmm. on voice I don't know if that's also probably a no-no in the voice world but you know we already said whatever (laughs) yeah no edit that out but yeah, that's my thing is like, what's the technical move? Yeah. From fry? So that's a really good question. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in kind of the voice science world, we talk about uh, still we talk about the same thing, you know, you got placement in the back of your mouth, you got a placement in the in the front of your mouth. But what that really means is, you know, like we talked about in voice and when I came and I spoke with you guys is, you know, you, you only got one set of vocal cords. They're right yeah. here. There, there ain't two of them. There ain't five of them. They're right in your throat. You know, they're in your larynx. That's what, that's where they are. So, um, but I do, it does resonate with, you know, folks about where you're feeling, um, 
the resonance. <laughs> so, so resonance, um, what resonance is, is um, the sensation of, gosh, I'm just going to say it, sympathetic vibrations mm. in the body, in the vocal tract. So, um, you know, the vocal folds, they vibrate, but mm-hmm. then the resonance is felt in the vocal tract. So just say after me, Mm. yeah where are you feeling buzzing Mm. like right here like Mm -hmm. mm. good good good. yeah and now use do do your kind of your vocal fry yeah so i'm like back here it feels Mm. very like right right at the tip of my throat yeah yeah yeah. mm, feels right out the front of my mask i know you people listening can't see me point with my finger at my nose but that's where it is yeah yeah no and that's great and that's what i noticed too so i mean kind of when you're going from a fry to a forward you want to try to feel the and i'm doing it right now i'm doing it um you want to try to feel more vibration at the front of your face so yeah so let's just do a little bit of that so do um mary Mm, Mary. Good. And can you make it um, easier? Mary. Mary. Yeah, even even easier. Mary. Mary. There you go. Mary made. Mary made. Good, good. And just, you know, you got that microphone right in front of you, so you don't even have to worry about projecting right now. So, uh, Mary made. Mary made. Good. Mary made me. Mary made me. Yeah, good. So can you explain kind of what you're feeling now? Mm, feels easier. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's mm, vibrating right off the top of my teeth, almost the front of my mouth. Mm, Mary made. It's right in very forward. Whereas if I were to go back and say Mary made, it would be back here. Um and Mary May, it doesn't feel like, I don't know, doesn't feel like a lot more work though mm-hmm. to, to make that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like come almost like magic. Like I, I know it feels like the same amount of breath. In other ways, it kind of feels like I'm requiring more breath because I'm going back here, you know? Yeah. It, it's, you know, Samantha, you're, you're very wise. It, you're, you're, you sound like a voice textbook because you're saying <laughs> all the great stuff, honestly. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so if you use that that more of that forward resonance, you get you don't have to work harder to get loud mm-hmm. louder because mm-hmm. you're using, you know, the the vibrations of your the bones in your face, yada yada, in order to achieve that loudness rather than pushing with your your vocal folds in the back. Yeah. So let's I want to I want to um, experiment too with kind of that when I was asking you to make it easier. Yeah. So can you do kind of like a hard one? Mary made. Mary made. Yeah. And now do an yeah. easy one. Mary made. Mm-hmm. Mm. You try that again. So do a hard one, then an easy one. Mary made. Mm-hmm. Mary made. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you, yeah, what, as far as vibrations, um, talk to me about vibrations between those two 
felt less vibrating in the hard. Mm -hmm. I felt more of a tendency to use my chords or use to go there just to get that punch almost. Um, Cause that's what it feels like when you gave the instruction, go hard. Um, when I made it easier, it was like, mm, it's just rolling out the front of my mouth. I don't have to make it anything else other than what it is or use extra um, air. Just yeah. Using what's already there and Mary made, you know? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, and when you just uh, modeled it just now, that was, that was great. It was nice and easy. Um, I sense the vibration at the front of your face. So, yeah. So this is kind so of, cool. and I'm not saying that you have a voice disorder. You don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, technically people say you have a voice disorder if the, you say that you have a voice disorder. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's not on me to go around diagnosing people. Cause we talk about voice disorders and voice differences. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's say, you know, you meet somebody who kind of talks up here and, you know, this is a voice difference because they don't think that they have a voice disorder. And, you know, it's not up to me to say whether they have a voice disorder or a voice difference. Mm. Um, yeah. So there was that. I was going to say something else that was incredibly smart. Mm. I can't remember. Oh, yes. So I think this is one of the, that's what I was going to say. So, you know, in voice therapy, these are the kind of exercises that we do. We identify, you know, places where you're having issues. So like you said that, you know, typically you get the note that you're always in the back of your throat or you're using fry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we do exercises to help you to habituate a more forward placement. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think voice therapy has a leg up on voice class. Yeah. Because I can give you, you know, one-on-one -on -one very heavy, <laughs> like attention yeah. and individualized instruction. Whereas when you're in voice class, it's more of a, a group thing, mm -hmm. which is part of the learning process too, because, you know, you have, you have these peer models that people have been found to learn from you know watching their peers as well mm -hmm. but yeah so I don't know let me say one more thing um that I you know in theater departments you know the budgets are stretched ridiculously oh yes and and people are wearing multiple hats and hats they didn't know that they would wear um so I'm you know by no means am I saying better or worse um yeah, I'm just saying I'm, and you know what, too, it, I would be able to give you, I'm trying to sound like I'm trying to sell you, but I would be able to give you, you know, one-on-one -on -one experiences mm -hmm. over about eight weeks. Oh, that's, wow. yeah, that's voice therapy. Oh, so, yeah. That's so fascinating because I... Mm -hmm. Early in my career, I guess, but I've never really considered voice therapy for, mm -hmm. I mean, for, for just any of us, any, any people just walking around, I, I would assume that they would have to have some sort of, as you quoted, disorder or something that's very prevalent in their speaking voice. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's so nice that it's so one-on-one. -on -one. And even that was just so helpful because mm -hmm. I will notice when I'm in class, I'm like, ah, 
my classmates are so smart and so talented and wonderful and I can see it and I'm like well let me just do it just like them but it's it feels different in my my voice my my body and I'm trying to figure out one what's going on too why is it different for me than it is for them so it's like trying to connect all these dots whereas this was just like oh to the point and you um you're you're right in front of me and it's just nice to be almost catered to <laughs> yeah well that's what it is um yeah yeah and and I always say to folks too you know you don't go to French class because you already know French yeah you know <laughs> yeah. as I say in my idiolect but French class because you already know French there you go <laughs> general American um but yeah I mean it's a learning process and you know even better you didn't learn to ride a bike the first time you rode it yeah oh god no I was about to say still don't know how no but I do (laughs) yeah I do know how that's so cool though that you work one-on-one with people would you say you do that um I I, I don't know I'm just kind of fascinated just to turn it over to you if I can just for one moment yeah yeah like the most common I guess, voice disorder that you are working with or seeing now in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to say something too, that, um, you know, I'm not trying to give people medical advice. This is a disclaimer. This does not represent medical advice. Um, I'm operating in the capacity of a uh, vocal coach in here and we're just having a a recreational discussion. Um, so in the majority, you know, I'm working with students, um, on the graduate level, um, at, well, I'm I'm not even gonna mention the university that I teach at. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's mostly, I mean, it's young women and they have a lot of the same kind of concerns that you do. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the, you know, one, um, positive tool you have in your corners that you have you use your voice across such a range you know mm. you do the singing you do the voiceover you do the stage stuff that you have you know even more experience kind of experimenting with your voice and I think that might help you to pick up new new tools rather quickly mm. so yeah wow but this brings us to the point on sprockets when you put, do you get that reference no <laughs> it's an old mike myers reference from saturday Night Live. Ah, never mind uh so when um i you know wanted you to kind of think about some questions you had about voice mm-hmm. um like something else that we might be able to work on so what do you yeah. got well what we talked about a lot this year in voice and speech was the different registers within the i i want to say female voice but just within the voice in general um ranging from you know low res to high head voice slash falsetto um also wanted to get you to demythify what a head voice is and a falsetto as and so I just was curious if you could model and it kind of just go through all the registers for me um, and just give your spin on it, your explanation. Absolutely. I would love to. Okay. So this is, um, again, a place where folks love to argue about terminology. Mm-hmm. It's 
oh, <laughs> the terminology <laughs> wars are, woo, they're, yeah. they're, they're pretty hot in this area. Um, so I'm just going to stick with chest voice, head voice, falsetto, whistle. Okay. Um, do those terms make sense to you? Yes. Yes. I've heard them. And yeah. Makes sense to me. Cause I think I, those are the terms that I hear most frequently, um, in singers and in people who just do, you know, quote unquote, not just do, <laughs> who do, who do legit theater. How about yeah. that? <laughs> Okay, so I mean, right now I'm speaking in my chest voice. Um, I'm feeling it's a lower pitch. So, okay, let me that. Let me put it this way. So, people think about registers as um, one of the ways people think about it is you use your muscles in a certain way, in a certain range to produce the voice you know, let's, let's even call it just register A. Mm -hmm. And then in register B, you use your muscles in a different way in a different uh, range of pitches to do your voice. So that's register B. And then, um, you know, register C, which I think is a little, um, you know, something that we had talked about before um, for guys is falsetto. Mm. Um, and then for women, I, I'm not, completely convinced that women have a, a falsetto um certainly not in the same manner that men do mm -hmm. um but women do have that whistle you know it's mariah carey notes mm -hmm. um that you know i i think i've heard some men reach those notes um but i think in the majority with men it's chest voice head voice falsetto with women it's chest voice head voice whistle mm. So, okay, so so right now I'm speaking in my chest voice. Um, I'm sure you can say it's kind of, I don't know, I want to say a heavier sound. So it's a little bit of a heavier sound. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, a lower pitch. Now I'm doing uh, my head voice. This is, um, you know, it's a little bit of a lighter production. And I might use this, I don't know if I was playing a younger character or something like that, maybe. And I cannot do whistle. <laughs> I can't do whistle. I used yeah. to be able to, but I can't do them. Um, so I mean, that's how that's how it sounds in women. Mm. Now I know that um, Jim was having you guys do kind of the thin fold, thick fold, thin fold, thick fold thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you explained that that comes from Estel voice method. So they think about thin folds thin folds is kind of this sound it's very light uh whereas thick folds up on the same pitch would sound like this yes yeah so i think it's easier um or more of a something that you already do to do thick folds down in a lower pitch and mm -hmm. thin folds up in a higher pitch so mm -hmm. let's try that so why don't you do some thick folds um just count to 10 or whatever in chest voice Okay. Um, in a lower pitch. So like one, mm -hmm. two, three, four, five, yeah. six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Yeah. And then you can also, you can also do chest voice, but, um, make it easier. So yeah. one, two, three, four, five, try that. One, two, three, four, five, six. Even easier, easier. One, two, three, four, five, six. There you seven, go. 
nine yep. tenths. Yeah. Yeah. So that was chest voice um, with thick folds. That was thick folds. Oh. So, wow. mm-hmm. so right now this is this is pushing down in yeah, chest voice. That felt like it. Yeah. And this is just um, this is let me do it this way. This is chest voice without pushing. Chest voice without pushing. It's mm-hmm. still a thick fold right here. Mm-hmm. Now, this would be more of a, a thin fold. This is your ASMR voice. So try to give me ASMR. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Good. Yeah. So it what do you- It feels like a whisper. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So what? this is a whisper. Yeah. A whisper is a lack of vocal fold vibration. This is a whisper. This is a whisper. Yeah. Yes. So it feels like one step before a whisper almost. I don't know if that's right for me, for my, if I'm going one, wait, hang on. Let me get in my ASMR voice. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm, you know, using my thick folds thick down folds. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow. Okay. Now I felt that. Yeah, I felt that, and I don't know, I don't know why the ASMR thing was helpful for me, but I could feel the going back and forth. Yeah, and I think it might be helpful just because um, it's drawing from references that you have heard. Like you said, you're an auditory learner. Yeah. So that you, I mean, you just, you heard it. I mean, ASMR is everywhere in the world these days. <laughs> and then also- I would say almost your your chest voice with the thick folds. It almost sounds like a newscaster voice yeah. when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't sound like myself, clearly. I'm like, <laughs> no. Well, I'm without going off on my soapbox too much, hey, talk how you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's good to have these different, um, I don't know, what do you call them? Gears to, yeah, to use and- when you want to use them. And that's something I always admire about you, Annie, is I feel like you've got a lot of gears. Just even speaking with you regularly, um, so fun to how you talk. But oh. but thin folds high mm-hmm. would be, um, could you do it? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to make the baby go to sleep. Good night, baby. Good night, baby. Good night. Going to make the baby go to sleep. Even softer. Make it easier. Good night, baby. Good night, baby. Even easier. Shh, baby, baby. Shh, baby, baby. Yeah, very soft. Mm -hmm. Quiet. That's Mm -hmm. easy. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. That's Mm -hmm. a whisper. That was. Yeah. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Prior to learning this in school, thick folds, thin folds, it mm-hmm. seemed a lot like when we would talk about thin folds, it'd be like way up here. Like we would talk like, you know, almost like a Marilyn Monroe, like Minnie Mouse, like up here. And even that feels kind of hard. But you're saying make it easier. And it's like, oh, it can be easy. It doesn't have to be pushed. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I think, um, you know, you kind of, you could have a Marilyn Monroe up here. This is thin folds as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
I'm using my thin folds up here. Can you try that Marilyn Monroe? Marilyn Monroe. One, okay. two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Even easier. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. There you go. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think so both those easy. pitches that we did thin folds on are within your, your head voice, quote unquote, head voice range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yes. So now let's do thick folds and head voice. Okay. Really hard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so do you know who Ethel Merman is? The name sounds so familiar. I she know. sings like this. She sings a Broadway show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you might think about doing some Ethel Merman <laughs> when you're trying to do your head voice, but do thick folds. So one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. That's it. That's not that hard. Not at all. Let's have a conversation. Uh, what's your favorite brand of yogurt? <laughs> oh, you know, I don't eat yogurt that often, but if I did, you'll play. <laughs> I don't know. Perfect. So, so this can be a, a tricky one using That's the thick folds in the head voice. Yeah. So how, how did it feel to do it? Well, it felt nice to have that example because, you know, when we learned it in class, it's like, okay, now just take it, take the thickness that you do down here and just do it up here. And it's like, well, how? And also that hurts. Um, so it's nice to have something that's kind of like, I don't know, for me, it feels a little like, ah, oh, just from you doing that bouncy and light, like it doesn't have to be so thick and hard up high. Um, this would be great to listen to, but yeah. So it, it felt easier. It didn't feel like I was pushing which I've noticed within my own voice in the past couple of years, I feel like I push um, on stage and then out of, I don't know what to say, out of exhaustion or like, you know, I'm just running out of gas and then I push and then I crack and it's like, oh God. So that was helpful in feeling that and that it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I kind of saved it for last because I think using the thick folds up in the, the head voice can lead, I think for people like us, because I tend to use, I tend to use effort as well. Yeah. It can lead to us efforting to be up there. So, yeah. So that's why I think when you, you know, kind of think about, and this leads to voice leads to character choices, right? So yeah. this this person, this vo this vocal fry person is a completely different person than this person, than your Ethel yeah. Merman or your hey, look at me kind of person. Yeah. So I mean that's Wonderful. why, you know, when you're working on these different um modes, whatever, um, in a monologue that you know, you can find different places to use these modes. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's also a character. character yeah. Too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is helpful. Yeah. I was just working on a piece um, and she's very uptight and very just 
very, I don't know if you watch Succession or, you know, anything about those no. people, but very like Devil Wears Prada, Meryl Streep, just not here for the bullshit. And I was just thinking about where would she be, you know, in in this? Like, I don't know if she'd be up here, you know, bouncing around and high chest, you know, thick mm -hmm. high, but she would, she's definitely not in vocal fry, you know, she's not back here. Yeah. So it's cool. And also find maybe the dimensions within the piece so she doesn't just live in one zone. Yeah. Yeah. I, and Meryl, I, God love her. Um, no, that wasn't a question. You know, that. <laughs> so good. You, you might even watch, um, you know, I'm sure there's clips of it on, in fact, I know there are on YouTubes and you can, you know, just try to know you know model what she does and yeah. see if that'll help you find the voice for the character because why, why don't you try that yeah do a little bit of Meryl do you know the a little mm -hmm. bit of some lines yeah maybe of my piece oh yeah or let's do your off. piece that's better oh god, oh, god. um well it, um okay um when she hears you're out of work her low estimation of you will drop even further. It will, I promise. She won't be surprised. She won't be like, oh my God, he's lost his job. She'll be like, of course he's lost his job. It's tough, isn't it? Life is it a lot more difficult than what you thought it would be. I mean, I'm sure you thought it would be difficult, but that through sheer hard work and training and practice and inspiration, and in your case, perspiration, that you would come through and in the end succeed and that bad people like me would fall by the wayside and good people like you would triumph. Hmm. Is that what you thought? oops <laughs> that's awesome i love that oops oops i'm trying to like yeah but i was just even thinking about just doing it then i was like hmm, where would she like you know mm -hmm. play with that thin folds mm -hmm. oops. maybe i'm oops yeah oops so one thing i was thinking while you're doing that is i wonder if not just you know when you do the final show of doing it in a British accent but what if you rehearsed it yeah. using a British accent can you do kind of from the beginning a little bit of yeah British? well it's actually um from a British playwright <laughs> there you go so I should be doing it in a British accent but um yeah well you know mm hmm when she hears you're out of work <clears throat> when she hears you're out of work her low estimation of you will drop even further and pause can you make her um even can you pitch her up a little higher higher yeah. pitch yeah yeah if i was going to go really rp really bring her up here when she hears you're out of work make it hello? easier yeah. when she hears you're out of work when she hears you're out of work mm. her low estimation of you will drop even further it will I promise <laughs> she won't be surprised. She won't be like, 
Oh my god, he's lost his job. Should be like good and pause. And can you go back to the beginning and drop the British accent? Yeah. When she hears you're out of work, her low estimation of you will drop even further. It will. I promise. She won't be surprised. She won't be like, oh my God, he's lost his job. She'll be like, of course he's lost his job. Hmm. That's tough, isn't it? Good, good, good. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to pause you. So, um, how did that feel? It was fun. I just love playing with it. Yeah. There's so it's such a it's a fun piece, but it's also like just so interesting just by changing mm -hmm. these little things, how much nuance it could give it gives it in just variety, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and just vocal exploration that I hadn't done previously. Cause when you learn a piece or anything in acting, you fall into a habit from totally. immediately from when you start to read it for the first time. So mm -hmm. doing this is like kind of opening up a side door of choices <laughs> yeah and for me I think sometimes I you know when I was acting I, I didn't give myself permission to do stuff that was fun if yeah. that makes sense I, I was yeah. trying to do it right and yeah. good so Ew. yeah yeah <laughs> aren't we all though like yeah of course yeah but this is like making it fun. Yeah. Yeah. And why not? So, yeah. Well, it's a fun thing to play with. That, yeah. That technique. And, so when doing the British accent, does that change the vocal folds at all? Or like, was that then going from thick to thin on your so, end? So, yeah. Um, the British accent that I was trying, you know, that, you know, I was coaching you to do is the same thing, whether I'm using a British accent or not, it's, um, I'm, let's say this, um, I'm, I'm not creating perhaps as much, um, vocal fold contact when mm. I'm speaking like this, as if I was, if I'm speaking like this. Yeah. So you kind of, when you're using thick folds, um, you're definitely, you know, adducting the vocal folds or they're coming together, uh, more and yeah. maybe more forcefully than, um, when you're using the, the thin folds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just makes me, even just when you were speaking, mm. I heard Meryl doing the, oh no. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about that register or range. Yeah. that is eliciting this like aloof snotty that's so interesting yeah like and they're not not smart but they're just like a peer they're just operating on a different you know just a different plane yeah and I think I think this is actually a really fabulous character for you because um you know I do notice you know, you kind of tend go to go towards pushing and, and some effort. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it, it's so easy for this woman to put down whoever she's talking to. She really just yeah. doesn't have to try very hard. Oh, yes. <laughs> she just doesn't have to try. It's just no. Very easy. 
Yes. Oh. <laughs> that is so helpful. Also, just hearing you do that, like just your vocal cho- choices changed so much just in that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. That it can affect that much and have that much of a difference. Because yeah. I feel like sometimes I get stuck doing the same um, mm-hmm. vocal patterns, like within range, within pieces. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, these people aren't the same. So they wouldn't have the same intonation and voice. But yeah, mm, yeah. so interesting how just changing that clicked many things for me. Thank you, doctor. You're welcome, Samantha. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, thank you so much. Thank you. For being my first ever guest. I'm so honored. Actor's voice. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, I'm ready to go do the monologue now. This is cool. (laughs) This is really cool. I'm going to send all my actor friends to you. Yay. I'm happy. (laughs) <laughs> you saw my sign <laughs> I, have, I have a sign that says the doctor is in <laughs> all right well I'm happy to continue this conversation with you um yeah thank you. yeah thank you and thank you for joining me those who are listening and uh we'll see you next time <laughs>